Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 495th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the New England Patriots bouncing back from their embarrassing home loss to the Chicago Bears last Monday night. But they bounced back yesterday to beat the Hated New York Jets, and uh, it was all about the defense yesterday. Three picks off of Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson. And keep in mind, the Jets have been playing very well. I think their record was, you know, 5-2. and two. I think now it might be 5-3. and three. And uh, the Patriots, you know, have been up and down, to put it mildly as I just stated, referring back to last Monday night's game. And, uh, yeah, for them to go into New York and for the defense to show up like that was uh, was great to see. Uh, you, you know, for Patriot fans and season ticket holders, of which I'm one, uh, it's these days a matter of, you know, remaining relevant and uh, – so they, they continue to hang on to that. Uh, they don't fall too far, but, you know, again, they're up and down, to put it mildly. Mac Jones played the whole game. That's notable given last Monday night's game where he was replaced after three series and an interception with Bailey Zappi. Of course, Mac Jones was coming off an ankle injury, and, uh, and it was quite the week of quarterback controversy up in New England. Uh, which Bill Belichick addressed in a way that only Bill Belichick can address. And speaking of highlights, congratulations to Bill Belichick. He became the second winningest coach in the history of the NFL with yesterday's victory, He breaking a tie he had with George Hallis. And everybody was hoping he was going to get it last week because they were playing Hallis's Bears. Hallis, of course, was known as literally Papa Bear. And, uh, but wasn't to be, but, uh, something tells me that, uh, Belichick, given his history, shall we say with the jets, uh, found breaking or moving into second place all time by beating the jets in New York, uh, it was pretty satisfying to say the least. And, uh, so yeah, 
He's about 22 games, if I have it right, behind the all-time leader, Don Shula. So we'll see how that pans out over the next uh, year or two. It's going to become a big storyline, absolutely, uh, with with each victory and, and loss. Um, so going to be fun to watch. Uh, well, my low light of the week is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, losing the, the battle of my home state of Pennsylvania as they were defeated handily by the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's kind of sad to see where suddenly the Steelers, you know, are just another team uh, and a bad one at that. Uh, they're below average. And <laughs> Steelers Nation is certainly not used to this. 18 years of Ben Roethlisberger and they're the rest of their history since 1969 would speak to that. And uh, we all, everybody knows they're breaking in a rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, who, again, is having typical rookie ups and downs. Uh, that's to be expected. Uh, he certainly shows some promise. He's, he's feisty, as I, as I referenced, and after yesterday's game, kind of called out some of his teammates a little bit, just saying, you know, more focus is needed, what have you, can't make mistakes. So he's showing some real good leadership qualities along with his feistiness, which he displayed in the game against uh, the Bills by, uh, you know, getting involved in a couple uh, shouting slash shoving matches uh, after sacks. And so you got you got to like that. Um so there's a lot to like with Kenny Pickett, uh, but he has a ways to go. And uh, we'll just see how that pans out, but it is just really kind of a new era uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously, uh, when you lose a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger, who was just there for 18 years, it's going to be a transition. But even with that, it, it's tough to take. Uh and because it's just something that nobody has seen for a long, long time. And like I said about the Patriots for the Steelers, it's kind of the same deal, remaining relevant, uh, you know. And we'll see how that pans out. Uh, all credit to the Eagles, undefeated. A.J. Brown, three touchdown receptions. Um, what a beast. And uh, Jalen Hurts has just turned into a dynamic pro quarterback. And you talk about leadership. He's a leader. Uh, great interview. Clearly, the team loves him. And, you know, it's really nice to see, given his college career, which was stellar. Uh, but he had, to, you know, he had his ups and downs where two replaced him. We all remember that in the national championship game. And then uh, a year later, Jalen Hurts you know, took the field, replaced Tua, and led him to the SEC championship with uh, as almost like a different guy with uh, an improved passing ability. Um, and that has carried over into the NFL. Well, my bizarre story of the week is Justin Verlander, of all people, blowing a 5-0 lead in game one of the World Series last Friday night. And it's unbelievable, but he has never won a World Series game. He is going to win the Cy Young Award this year. Uh, he is going to the Hall of Fame. And I believe he has now 
started in six World Series games, or certainly appeared in, and he has never won one. And, you know, I'll be honest, you know, <laughs> when it was 5 nothing, I turned over, watched a little college football on Friday night, and luckily I turned back and it was 5-5. Five, five. I it could have blown me over with a feather at that one, given Verlander was on the mound. And, uh, and as we all know now, the Phillies, you know, stormed back to win it. So they took one of two in Houston, heading back to Philadelphia. Crazy, crazy citizens ballpark. I've been there for Phillies Red Sox game back in the day. And, uh, and the crowd is just raucous as we've all been watching. Um, as I said last week, them and the San Diego Padres crowds were two of the best crowds in my mind, in baseball postseason history. Uh, but we still got it going on in Philly. And, uh, you know, it's a lot to, just a lot to look forward to. Um, we're getting down to the good stuff now. And Philly, as you know, went back and closed it out. They never went back to San Diego for game six and seven. And with three, four, and five coming up here in Philly the next three nights, uh, you have to believe that's certainly the goal, obviously. And uh, you got you also have to believe that the Phillies fans uh, are just consumed with that thought because uh, they just saw it happen in the last couple of weeks. Switching back to the NFL, uh, notable games yesterday, uh, the Panthers and the Falcons, we all saw it, the game of the day. Uh, the Panthers rookie caught the Hail Mary pass with a couple seconds left, took off his helmet. That's an instant penalty. And so they were moved back 15 yards. The extra point was missed. Went to overtime at 34-34. And the same kicker who missed the extra point uh, also missed a chip shot. I believe it was a 32-yarder in overtime. Hooked it, uh, shanked it badly. And next thing you know, Marcus Mariota and the Falcons are coming down the field and on a, propelled by a very nice run by Mariota. Very, very mobile. And they kick the winning field goal, and that's that. So tough, tough loss with the Panthers, who unbelievably, after firing their coach, trading Christian McCaffrey, and escorting one of their own receivers off the field in the last couple of weeks, all three things happened. Uh, they would have been in first place in the NFC South had they won yesterday. Vikings and Cardinals, uh, I'll admit it, I was startled. I didn't realize that the Vikings with their victory now have the second best uh, record in the NFL, second only to, of course, the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. So suddenly the Vikings are, uh, are a player, to put it mildly. And big victory over the Cardinals. Good team. And uh, so, yeah, the Vikings are suddenly a, a team to be reckoned with. Um, 49ers, Rams, Christian McCaffrey became the first player in something that sounds like 30, 40 years since LaDainian Tomlinson to throw a touchdown, catch a touchdown, and run for a touchdown. So I think the 49ers are pretty happy with that deal. No doubt about it. Um, I've always been a big fan of Christian McCaffrey, and it was great to see him uh, do that in only his second game with the 49ers. 
Uh, he and Kyle Shanahan, uh, a master offensive mind, uh, might do some really great things together. And uh, so, yeah. Um, and it was only, by the way, the third time it's ever been done in NFL history. Catch, run, throw for a touchdown. Seahawks and Giants. Geno Smith. Uh, hats off to Geno Smith. Um, he has been just, he's reborn. There's no other way to say it. Came out of West Virginia, WVU, a team I used to cover. And, uh, and you know, was the high draft pick. Uh, his career booming a little bit off the rails. But here he is. He's persevered. He's come out the other end. Great interview. Very mature. He gets it. And they beat the five and one Giants yesterday. The Giants actually may have been six and one. Anyway, they gave the Giants their second defeat, and I think the Seahawks are atop the NFC West. And uh, and the twelve is back, meaning the great crowds that we all remember from the Legion of Boom days. Uh, they were loud and proud yesterday. And then lastly. The last game of the day, of course, Sunday Night Football, Bills-Packers. I said about the, uh, you know, the Steelers, uh, suddenly they're just another team. And right now the Packers, you know, and for that matter, the Bucks are kind of just another team. But, you know, with their new, with their high-profile quarterbacks, i.e. Aaron Rodgers and uh, obviously Tom Brady, and we're going back to last Thursday night's, Lost to the Ravens. Um, they're neither neither quarterback is having a good year, and neither team is having a good year. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out. But bottom line, I mean, was there ever any doubt the Bills were going to win that game from basically the first series on? Of course not. And when was the last time you could say that about an Aaron Rodgers quarterbacked team? Uh, that like. Basically, they had no chance. They did show a little life in the second half. Uh, but, you know, again, I don't think there, anybody watching that game thought for one second that the, uh, that the Bills were not going to win that game. So now, let's take our break. And next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other, many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? 
tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, John. Thank you for having me on the show. And thank you, as always, for joining us. And, uh, and as always, you had a great weekend covering one of the biggest games uh, on Saturday's college football slate. So as always, our listeners are dying to hear it, as am I. Your, your great descriptions of your weekend uh, in the SEC. Yeah, John, I was very fortunate to be in Knoxville, Tennessee for Kentucky versus Tennessee. That's a border rivalry, a SEC Eastern Division rivalry. And uh, Tennessee, they continued their winning ways. They just dominated throughout the evening and ended up with a 44-6 win. But there were chances for Kentucky in the first half. They called some very good plays, but they dropped one particular pass that was down probably near the 20 or 30 yard line in the first in the second quarter. I think the score might have been at that time either 13 to six or 20 to six. I think Kentucky maybe if they had scored, it's 20 to 13 at halftime, and and they're still in the ball game. But then it ended up I think 27 to six at halftime, and the game was way out of reach because Kentucky's offense. I mean, they just don't have the the firepower to make the comeback. And when you don't pass as frequently as Tennessee, uh, when the ball's in your hands and you throw a pass, you, you must catch it uh, because you don't get as many uh, chances. So Kentucky couldn't do as well as they needed to in the first half to, to stay close. So the ball game was, I think, in all 
uh, if you're reviewing it, it's really over at halftime. It's too big of a lead for Kentucky to overcome. Sure, absolutely. Well, in my estimation, AP, Tennessee is the story so far of the college football year. We're at that point in the season where, you know, I think the number of undefeated teams was reduced practically in half over the weekend, if I have that correct. And, uh, you know, this is the time of year when, you know, the contenders are separated from the pretenders. And that's not to, in any way, you know, dis, you know, uh, teams with one loss now by any means. But we, we all know the world we live in, which is the final four of the college football playoff. And, uh, you know, right now it's Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, and Michigan for the Football Writers Association weekly rankings. And, you know, the one that jumps off the page at, you, at, at me, at you, and every other college football fan who we haven't seen there before is Tennessee. So uh, the excitement up in Knoxville just must be off the charts, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, they've been waiting a long time, John. And once they beat Alabama, then the the course was set for them to, you know, host Kentucky, a good football team, which they took care of business, uh, dominated 44-6, and then onward to Athens, Georgia, to to face the perennial SEC Eastern Division winner, Bulldogs. And defending national champions, I might add. Defending, uh, oh, and that, oh, by the way, defending oh, national oh, champion, right. Oh, by the way, with like half their team drafted by the into the NFL. Um, yes. So, AP, when is that game? I know it's coming up soon, if not this weekend. Yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah. This, this weekend coming up, John, there'll be, be two really exciting matchups that will determine lead to determining the, the division winners. It's Tennessee faces Georgia and Athens, and then Alabama travels to Baton Rouge. And believe it or not, you hear people grumbling about Brian Kelly, but here he is sitting at 6-2 and two with a chance to win the SEC Western Division, and he's hosting Alabama after his team has scored 45 points two weeks in a row, one on the road in Gainesville against the, the Gators, and then at home against Ole Miss, where they just took command after trailing 17-3. to They scored 42 points, 42-3, to shut out the Rebels at halftime, and went on to win 45-20. So those are two uh, ball games that will have huge audiences across the country. Oh, huge, yeah. I mean, the Tennessee-Georgia game is, you know, plain and simply the game of the right at this point, the game of the year. There's no other way to say yes. it. Um, yeah. But, you know, in the same light, the other game you specified, Alabama at LSU, uh, has a lot of cachet as well. As we know, they've met with the number one on the line and, you know, and or national championship, you know, in very recent years. Uh, you know, and I, they did it at least two, if not three years in a row where basically uh, – you know, that was the game of the year. And now it's Georgia, Tennessee. And, you know, you have to assume, AP, that, you know, a one-loss team is probably going to get in to the Final Four of the college football playoff. And, you know, if Tennessee, I mean, it's a tall order, to just say, for Tennessee to go into Athens and beat Georgia. But, you know, if they keep it competitive and, you know, and they're certainly capable of winning. I mean, they beat Alabama, yep. but that was at home. But if they can go into Georgia and make a statement, uh, 
and win, uh, you know, and or just really play a competitive game, they could be this year's one-loss team that sneaks in. And there's almost always these days a one-loss team. Um, so, yeah, so the must-see TV, AP, I believe it's at 3.30 Eastern time, if I'm not mistaken. In the, the, right, right. The, the desired window, shall we say. It's my favorite window of the day. And uh, that is going to be fun. But anyway, back to Knoxville. I mean, the pageantry down there. Knoxville's on my bucket list uh, to see a Tennessee game. And, you know, I've always been very curious. I think when it got arrived on my bucket list was watching the Volunteer Navy come up the, is it the Tennessee River or the Cumberland River? Yes. Right. Yeah, I think it's the Tennessee right there. They have the yeah. Volunteer Navy, they call it. Yeah. Right, because Neyland Stadium, 100,000-plus strong, sits right on the banks of the river. So a gigantic contingent and a very big part of the whole scene of a Tennessee home game is, of course, people pull up to the stadium in their boats. And I can only imagine, I know you've seen it, uh, I assume you maybe even saw it Saturday and it must be quite a sight because everything I've seen on TV looks really cool. Oh yeah, John, it's amazing. It's just, and it, there's something about being near a river, being near water. It's sure. just comforting and relaxing and it's picturesque. And, and it's a, it's just a setting that, uh, if, if you have a, a stadium and it's going to be built somewhere, find a river. <laughs> I, I agree. Or in the case of university of Washington, the Huskies, I always, always will go out of my way to at least catch a few minutes, if not the intro to the game when they're playing at home because their stadium sits right on Puget Sound in Seattle and it just looks utterly spectacular. Um, So, AP, I have to, you know, you've seen the Volunteer Navy. Uh, are, Are we talking dozens of boats, hundreds of boats? You know, yeah, how does, yeah, how does big, it work for out? The big games, it, yeah, yeah, for the big games, it's probably, I'd think, in the 100 range or something like that. Yeah, you can get quite That's a few. That's a lot of boats. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of boats, yeah. a lot of boats, yeah. To say the I least, they have, them, but like, the ability to, they have piers, or do you just sort of dock near the shore? How's, yeah, it, how's have, that look? They have, they, have do- they, have, they have some docks. Okay. Yeah. Docks are some, good. Some docks, so you <laughs> pull up, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody's walking mm-hmm. on water, although maybe the team is these days, but uh, <laughs> but not, <laughs> yeah, right, not quite right. not quite yet the fans. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it, but it, it's a great setting. I always enjoyed visiting Knoxville, and it's a city that has a lot of hills, John. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. It's in the yeah. it's in the shadow of the Smoky Mountains, which I had the pleasure right. of seeing for the yeah. first time a mere two months ago. Yep. So it's right yeah. there amongst those those hills. Yeah, it's spectacular it's setting to say the least. The Smokies certainly are. Um, and AP Hendon Hooker, uh, quarterback of Tennessee, is now firmly in the Heisman talk and just having the year of his life. I mean, it's incredible the year he's having. Yeah, John, he had a great year last year. 31 touchdowns, there was two or three interceptions, and he just took command of that team. I think it was the Pittsburgh game, John, because, you know, right. Joe Milton was a transfer from Michigan, and I think he was inserted in that game, if I recall. 
but he's just been a fabulous quarterback ever since. Yes, and, you know, the drive to come back to beat Alabama will live forever in Tennessee lore, um, to say the least. Uh, You know, and no one will ever forget the goalposts being torn down and carried off and all that. No. Um, all of it. I yeah. mean, this, this is the stuff of legend that will live literally forever, uh, certainly in the state yeah. of Tennessee, but, you know, to a large degree in the world of college football. Uh, it was that special. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it was. Yeah, it was, John. And the dramatic ending in the game. Oh, well, they, they took uh, the lead 28 to 10. It really put Alabama on notice that you better show up. You better have your, your best ball game. And they ended up tying it and yep. the last couple of minutes there. It was great. Oh, it was spectacular. It, to me, was the college football version of last year's uh, epic Kansas City Chiefs-Buffalo Bills playoff game. You know, maybe not right. quite as many scores in the last two minutes, but not too far off. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. those are two high-powered offenses and. uh you know, the last team to have the ball won. Exactly. Perfectly said. That sums it up. And that also sums up our first segment together, AP. So uh, why don't we take our first break? Uh, needless to say, we still have a lot more to get to from another big college football weekend, which we'll do on the other side. So don't go anywhere. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Soul Connection with Dr. K hosts a forum of expert guests that showcase popular topics that can impact the soul. Weekly, Our Soul Doctor connects with authors, medical professionals, and leaders that share expertise and testimonials. Check out our growing community on site at soulconnectionusa.com. Tune in to Feed the Soul Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, or listen on your time on the Voice America Variety Channel. NBA great and host of Country Boys Outdoors, Brad Miller joins the revolution with Jim and Trav this week to dunk on big bucks and get rut ready. Plus our resident catfish expert, Cat Daddy, and the bad-to-the-bone mama, Mrs. Bunny. Then the horsepower king and super-duty brand manager at Ford Motor Company, Stephen Lee. The revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, 
health and wellness, and more. We'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And AP, we spent the previous segment talking about you covering and attending the Tennessee-Kentucky game up in Knoxville, which sounded awesome. Uh, but lots more college football over the weekend. And as all the listeners know, I grew up near Penn State, so I got went to a Penn State watch party on Saturday in Tampa. Uh, with a big crowd, who knew, um, Penn State fans. AP, it was, you know, competitive for a while, but the game came to a screeching, crashing halt in the fourth quarter. And it was just Penn State fans, again, big watch party, a lot of people there. And it, it was a combination of, you know, disappointment and disbelief as Ohio State just... You, you know, rang them up in the fourth quarter by scoring whatever it was, 21, 28 points, turnovers, long runs. It was all over in what felt like an instant. And when Penn State basically had the lead at points, had come back nicely to take that lead and were competitive into the end of the third quarter. And then it just literally all fell apart. It uh, And it was a stripe out at Penn State. So strange, strange game. Yeah, John, they had the lead, and you thought maybe there was an outside chance that they could hang on, but uh, they sure. made quite a few mistakes, I guess, that led to the defeat and the victory for Ohio State. And they sure did. Uh, there was a lot of mistakes. There were some mistakes early. Sean Clifford threw a couple of picks, and uh, the, the Penn State quarterback, Sean Clifford, and, you know, so early on, it was just like, well, you're you know, from a Penn State point of view, well, you're certainly not going to beat Ohio State if you turn the ball over. That That's screamingly obvious. And then, you know, then Penn State played well, especially in the second and third quarter. And then, again, when I say it all fell apart, I really mean it all fell apart, um, including turnovers. Um, but AP, at the end of the day, you know, it's a talent gap. Uh you, you, which is a surprise to absolutely no one, <laughs> Ohio State. You, you assume they're going to be talented. You know it for a fact. But to witness it 
especially what they did in the fourth quarter in State College, it was very impressive. It was like a wow. Um, you know, Trevion Henderson just literally running away from guys on these long runs and the defensive turnovers were basically spectacular plays, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, it's a talent gap, period. Ohio State is supremely talented. Yeah, and offense, they got receivers that'll be first-round draft choices, and then C.J. Yep. Stroud. Yep. Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. So being one of those receivers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and they're yeah, right. Yeah, quarterback, you know, C.J. Stroud, he's right, right in there for the Heisman race, and Yes, I was very impressed with him. I really was, especially the way he kept his cool in the third, in the fourth quarter, and took advantage of every opportunity instantly, quickly. Um, so he, yeah, he 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 really did make a a strong impression on me. I, I knew he was good, but he showed me a little bit more on Saturday as to how good he is, to say the least. Yeah, so, John. I mean, if you play play Ohio State, you better have good cover corners. You better have somebody who can rush the passer, if not two or three people. You better have a defensive line that you can substitute to keep the pressure on the quarterback. And then you yourself, as an offense, you better be scoring touchdowns, not field goals. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you, you just said it perfectly, AP, that, that about sums it up. And, you know, I, at the end of the day, what I would say, being in a big room full of Penn State faithful is that you, you know there was a lot of hope in the third quarter like oh my gosh you alluded to it this could really happen upsetting Ohio State and then you know so there's a little bit of a high there and then suddenly it, that's why I used the words at the beginning of the segment came crashing down because it went from a high to a, a extreme low in what seemed like an instant and uh, so there you have it um, James Franklin, you know, what's getting talked about in State College and Penn State Nation is is that, you know, they haven't beaten a top-ranked top-10 team, I believe it is, since the famous 2016 victory over Ohio State, the famous block field goal. And they're now, I believe, 1-10 in the last five years. And... uh and so a lot of grumbling going on from Penn State Nation with, with that uh, particular factoid, to say the least. Yeah, John, there's, like I always say, there's a jillion coaches that can win eight and nine games at many Correct. of these schools. But yep. you're looking for the coach who can win some championships. It doesn't have to be consecutive five or six in a row. I mean, in five, six years, let's say you win two. Minimum Correct. two. That's what you're looking for at a blue blood school by Penn State. And they are a blue blood school because they're in the top ten of all time wins. That's how I define a blue blood school. <laughs> That's a very good definition. I would agree with that one. And, yeah, AP, it's oh. – uh, and let's not forget, Saturday's defeat came two weeks after the uh, mauling uh, Penn State absorbed at the hands of Michigan and their unbelievable ground game, which – Gained, I believe, 455 yards against Penn State, and they bounced back to beat Minnesota. Yeah. At Penn State did, and there they are sitting there in the third quarter, and that's when the the hope meter rose, only to uh, disintegrate uh, quickly. But anyway, uh, 
yeah, it, it was just, uh, you know, just disappointing, uh, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, John, if you're, if you're a Penn State fan right now, you're not feeling very good because those are the two biggest teams in the conference. And correct. The Michigan game, you got, you, you were dominated at the line of scrimmage. Dominated. And, and that's on the road. Okay. Okay. That, that happened. Okay. That happened. So a couple weeks later, you, you host Ohio State, the number one, two team in the country. And you're right in the middle of, the, of possibly upsetting them. And then it all falls apart. So you're not feeling good about your showing against both of those two teams. Those are the leaders in the conference right now. Well, that's it. You know, that's what's developed since Penn State joined the Big Ten. Not a whole lot's changed <laughs> when they joined the Big Ten back in, I think, early 90s, whatever. You know, it was Ohio right. State and Michigan and still Ohio State and Michigan. And they're all in the big, the eastern yeah. division of the Big Ten. And, you know, uh, it's... Uh, it, it is what it is, and it, it's not going to change for really any of the three teams. I mean, yeah, all three are going to be good, no. so it's just who can beat the other. Um, yeah, and you know, there's been some runs by Wisconsin, yes, um, Michigan State, sure. Um, um, trying to, Iowa's had their moments, but it's it's always Ohio State, Michigan. That's if you want to take the temperature of the conference and then Penn State as well. And Penn State has had their moments through the years, but it's uh, Ohio State, Michigan. Those are the two uh, best teams in that conference over, uh, yeah, I guess, since Penn State joined, I would say. Oh, no doubt about it, AP. They're, they're the bell cows of the conference. No doubt whatsoever about that. And, oh, by the way, before we close out this segment, so as a result of Saturday's, uh, Ohio State defeat of Penn State, not to mention Michigan's defeat of Penn State a couple weeks ago. Uh, Ohio State-Michigan is shaping up again as they call it the game. And, uh, you know, it might be the game number two behind Tennessee, uh, Georgia this Saturday. But by the time we get there, yeah. it's always the last game of the year, needless to say. It's at Ohio State this year. And... Uh, Again, it could be the game. There could very well be a college football uh, Final Four spot on the line. In fact, it's safe to almost yeah. assume that at this point. So that's yeah, going to be I fun. Mean, yeah, that Ohio, yeah, that Ohio State Michigan will be in Columbus this year. Correct. And Michigan definitely can run the football. And I think they made the right choice at quarterback. Yep. So, I mean, you cannot make mistakes against a team like Ohio State to give them more possessions because they can score so quickly and often. If it was a, a, a different type of offense, you say, okay, fine, we might give up two turnovers because the other team, they have to drive the field. It takes them a long time, and they're, they're, they don't have the speed on the outside to throw three passes, and next thing you know, they're 80 yards down the field for a touchdown. But when you're facing an Ohio State team that, or a quarterback that can throw five touchdowns, five, six touchdowns on you in an afternoon, an evening, the day of the game, I mean, you have to possess the football. I mean, ball security is so important in those games. Oh, very much so, AP. And, uh, you know, um, Michigan got the monkey off their back last year by, and Jim Harbaugh, the coach, by beating Ohio State. It was Harbaugh's first win over Ohio State as Michigan. So now, the, now the, the, that's the definition of a true rivalry when both teams win uh, against each other. And 
Michigan is now poised to, you know, again, they, they got, they, you know, you know, they're coming in on an even playing field now, um, you know, without right. the assumption that Ohio State's just going to win because they beat Jim Harbaugh, whatever, five, six years in a row. And that's all changed. So it's going to be fun. But AP, uh, we're here at our final break. Uh, so why don't we take that now? Still a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children? And yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias, rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama, or excuse me, SEC football, including Alabama, and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's World Series Game 3 from Citizens Bank in Philadelphia, where the crowd is just frankly going to be out of their mind <laughs> um you know as they have been throughout <laughs> as they have been throughout the postseason 
AP, it's almost like a football <laughs> crowd. Um, right. In, in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. And Absolutely. And, you know, the good times are rolling in Philadelphia right now, uh, excluding the 76ers. <laughs> um, who I, I think they might have won a game or they may still be winless. Who knows? They're off to a bad start. But anyway, the Eagles are undefeated AP. The Phillies are having just a magical postseason run. Unlike you see, I think they may have been the lowest ranked team to make the playoffs. 87 wins, not ranked, but lowest seeded or least wins, whatever you want to call it. doesn't matter. They're, 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 they're the Cinderella of this year's baseball playoffs. Bryce Harper is finally fulfilling his destiny, which I personally enjoy him and any other, shall we call them, chosen ones doing it from Dan Marino to LeBron James. Uh, People that we all know about by the time they're in high school and they make Sports Illustrated covers. And I love to see, you know, how it plays out when they actually finally fulfill their destiny. And Bryce Harper has been doing it these last couple of weeks. It's, it's incredible to see. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if he's the most popular player, but he's Correct. been on the scene for a while, long time. Yeah, well, he's grown a lot. He's, you know, now a family man, a couple of kids, as we saw the uh, after they won the divisional series on his epic three-run, or not three-run, but epic eighth-inning home run to basically win that game and the series. And, uh, yeah, so he's matured a lot, it appears. And he appears to be a team leader, and it appears, the fans love him, and it appears the team loves him. So, uh, yeah, you know, it happens to a lot of them. Um, and not everybody fulfills their destiny either. Let's make that clear. Uh, no. But AP, uh, yeah. yeah, as you well know, you, you've seen it, you know, play out as we all have. Uh, many do, many don't. Yeah, yeah, John. I mean, sometimes it's, the, it's, it's better to be unnoticed as you arrive on the scene and then Correct. build your career up slowly and steadily. And next thing you know, you emerge as a star or as as opposed to some 16, 17, 18-year-olds, they have all this pressure and they don't react well. And mm-hmm. Their talent was overvalued. Yeah, incredible pressure. Incredible pressure on, and more so now than ever with, you know, you know about these kids and, you know, whatever, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. I mean, you hear about team college programs offering scholarships to kids that age. It reminds me, going back in the day, to Damon Bailey. Uh, remember that name from yeah. Indiana because yeah. he was mentioned in the fa- in the book uh, yeah. about Bob Knight and <laughs> that kid was famous when he was like in I think it was eighth grade. Eighth grade, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Even even somebody like um, Clark Kellogg was known when he was in eighth grade. Yeah, eighth yeah. grade Clark Kellogg out of Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, right. growing up in Western Pennsylvania, everybody knew about Dan Marino. Everybody, <laughs> you know. Right. Right. He, he, you know, the, the way everybody knew about LeBron James. Um, right. Anyway, AP, just transitioning and sticking with Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts leading the undefeated Eagles. AP, I am so impressed with his interviews, what appear his his play, and his leadership qualities that are just jumping out of the TV at you. He, it's. You you have to be loving it, right? I know you're a big fan. 
Yeah, Jalen, I mean, Jalen Hurts has come such a long way. You know, when I first watched him at Alabama, he was a freshman and the defense and the special teams, they, they have, they had scored 15 touchdowns. So he, he had 15 touchdowns in his back pocket before he had a score a touchdown at Alabama, you know, through the course of the season. So he was the SEC offensive player of the year. And then his sophomore year, he struggled a little bit, but, you know, still very good. Right. And, um, I, I thought at that point that he just did not look like a professional quarterback to me. And then right. Tua came on the scene, and he 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 was the starter. And then Jalen had his moment in the SEC championship game, led him to a victory. I think it would have come from behind victory, actually. Uh, and so that was was perfect. And he was on his way to Oklahoma. I think he got some better training playing the quarterback position at Oklahoma. And here he is in the pros. And some people in Philadelphia weren't sure if he was going to be the man. And now he's progressed where he's leading his team that's undefeated. So that it, it was quite a transition to his college career and his pro career as well. It's been amazing, AP. And for me, and I said this earlier, and we're down to the final two minutes here of the show, but you know, when he, showed, when he came in to relieve Tua in that SEC championship game, he looked like a different guy. More importantly, or what I really noticed instantly, his passing just looked like it had taken a quantum leap in improving in that SEC championship game, and he always had the legs. So, yeah, that's the moment I always associate with his leap to the next level as a quarterback. Yes, yes, yeah. He he improved his accuracy and his, and his vision and his grasp of progressing through all the reads of your uh, the offensive route tree. So that helped him tremendously to become a much better quarterback. It certainly did. Well, it's going to be fun to see, and Philly's the place to be, AP, these days in the sports world. <laughs> right. And, uh, yes. and good, good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, I grew up on the Pittsburgh side of Pennsylvania, but, you know, Philly <laughs> is obviously in Pennsylvania, so therefore it's got my attention, and I, and I wish wishing them well. But, AP, I want to thank you for taking the time to call in today. Great, great perspective as always. And uh, John, John, and, can I, John, can I interrupt you for a second here? I of think course. you're saying something about Auburn, Auburn made a change in the, the football program, the coach. They did. Did you see that come up here just now? I did not. So it was they let their, they let their, they let go of their coach. Well, yeah, I think I'm getting that message right now from somebody right now. Wow. Yeah. Breaking news. I think I'm just, just... AP, I wish we had a chance to talk about it, but I'm glad you were able to get that out before our show ended. I, Much appreciated. You're all over it, as always. Yeah, yeah. Decided to make a change in leadership of the Auburn University football program. President Roberts has announced. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's big news. AP, yeah. thank you again for sharing that with our audience before we closed out the show, and thank you again for calling in. Thank you, John. Thank you again, AP, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.